This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it is the 2nd of November 2023, and today we're chilling out with your emails and voicemails. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, always good to chill out with you as we head into winter. I don't know what happened to fall. Is fall not supposed to be before winter? I, I don't understand fall. I only know autumn. Stop being British about I am, this. I am. God bless the king. Hello, Mr. F. How are you, Stephen Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, do you know, it's funny, right? I was, I was talking to my wife the other night and I said, oh, I've just, I got this uh, for you from the store. And she's like, oh, from the store? <laughs> oh, you've become all British all of a sudden, or you're American all of a sudden, or Canadian, or I don't know which, but yeah, I don't know. I'm so you're confused. You're forgetting your route, Stephen Scott. I'm going to start the show some, it's going to be a, like a year before it's like, hey guys, welcome to the show. And I'm oh, kind of oh, affe- affecting oh, an accent. Please don't do that accent. I'm so sorry, listeners. How are you? As you know, I have gas. Uh, genetic accent syndrome. Oh, and the other sort. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's well. <laughs> I must say, I feel peculiar today, Stephen Scott. I don't know oh. what it is. You talk about chilling, and that's exactly how I feel. It feels like this show is going to be laid back and chilled and relaxed. Oh, well, you see that. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's wait and see what the emails are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll be on the back foot soon enough. Don't worry. Things will, things will get back to normal. Oh, yeah, good. today today is all about you, dear listener, and your messages. We get email. We get, email. We get your email every, every day. day. It's a serious text show, honestly. Here's your mail today. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> That just makes me smile before we get into any messages. I've just got to play it. It just makes me feel good. Uh, Before we start, though, uh, I want to mention, uh, first off, uh, hello to Michael Babcock, regular contributor and host of Double Tap these days. Yes. He's a smart guy, yeah. He's very Um, clever. He is. Um, Well, he sent a message in and he says, uh, hello, gentlemen. Uh, Better way to start a Wednesday, but to reset your computer three hours before you need to work. Mm -hmm. Ah, Yes. Yeah, you guys are getting a bit too obsessed about resetting your computers. I think you've got to stop doing this. He says, sometimes I don't make the smartest decisions, but there shouldn't be any judgment on that, right? He says, I did encounter an issue that I have faced over the last couple of years, but didn't impact me as much while I was on a Mac Mini hardwired into our network. Any suggestions? Or do your Double Tap listeners have any suggestions? Well, let's hear what his issues were. He sent in this message. So I live, well, I should say I work. In a dark dungeon, apparently. Okay, so it's actually just a cubicle wall that separates my office from the rest of the living room. But that prevents... Well, the way I have it set up. Has prevention of lighting. And this is going to come important. It is 4.30 in the morning when I record this. Okay, maybe 4.45. And I decided, why not spend my Wednesday resetting my Mac computer... Uh-oh. To factory defaults because I inherited my wife's computer and she got the new one. Mm-hmm. I forget this is an issue every time. And when I was on the Mac Mini, it wasn't an issue because I was using Ethernet and hardwired in. When you, rese- when you reset a Mac, 
that specifically has an M processor. I don't know if this applies to what Intel computers are left. The first thing you're prompted with is an activation option. This activation option requires you to access the menu bar and connect your computer to Wi-Fi. The mm -hmm. keystroke I know to get to the Wi-Fi menu is VOMM. However, pressing VOMM doesn't allow you to access the actual Wi-Fi networks. It just dings at you after you press the M the second time. Therefore, I had to use Ira with light, hence the reason I'm recording this on my phone and not after I get the computer set up and it's downloading or installing Ventura right now anyways. To contact Ira, to ask that Ira helps me with using the trackpad to get to the Wi-Fi signal. Side note, did you know you have to, like, drag your finger across the entire trackpad one and a half times to get to that Wi-Fi signal button? But once you click that button on the menu, you can use your arrow keys. My question for all double tappers is, am I missing a keystroke I should know? Or is this an oversight on Apple's part on their latest operating system? If it's an oversight... Sure as the heck is pretty darn frustrating. Mm, now, that is a great question. First off, thank you, Michael, for recording that and uh, sending that in. Clearly in your own frustration. I was going to say, you could tell that was recorded very, very early in the morning. <laughs> wow. Um, yes. Okay, right. Okay, I'm not a Mac user here. So, VOM would take you to the main menu bar at the top. Because there's two menus, right? You've got a menu top left, and you've got a status menu, I think it's called these days, on the right. Is it not called the extras menu anymore? No, they've changed it. Uh, it used to be the extras menu, now it's the status menu. or the uh, Yeah, I think it's the status menu, because everything in there is essentially that, although it's not. So, yeah. Thanks. Well, Makes sense of it. Thanks for clearing mm. that up. That That's the equivalent of the Windows... <laughs> Welcome to Mac. <laughs> the Windows system tray that has your various, like, yeah, Dropbox yeah. or your network, as Michael is saying. So... V-O-M-M should take you directly there. So yes. that isn't working. Stephen Scott, why isn't that working during this section? Well, I don't know. It's a short answer, but oh, I do go, know Michael. that it's, 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 I completely understand because I've had this problem as well. And yeah, you're absolutely right. You have to get sighted assistance or someone to take the mouse and do it for you because there is no way it seems to be able to get to that section. It's funny because there's always an issue. There's always one thing in the setup process. Like the whole process is pretty good. I mean, you can, you can get into the recovery section. You can partition drives. You can erase drives. You can format other things. You can, you know, completely start your computer again from scratch, like right back to day one. But there's always just one thing that gets one in the way. One more thing. It's the just one thing. <laughs> and actually, there is one get workaround, and, and you absolutely mentioned it there, um, Michael, and that is, of course, to go wired. If you're wired, you wouldn't have that problem. So that is the way around it, but it doesn't solve the That's issue. It's not a workaround. Well, it is a workaround, but no. it's not the. It, it's not a solution. That's my point, right? It's not solving the problem, which Coming is up. that you cannot get to that Wi-Fi menu. My first thought is item chooser, but I don't know. I haven't got a machine that's at that stage to be able to test it, but oh. would item chooser find it maybe? Am I being um, thick? But can't you do a, can't you get to the first main menu? Can you not just tab across? 
No, I think tab would take you back out into the main window. It wouldn't take you. It would, you can't tab in there. Are you, you sure? Can only arrow. Can, all right, VO right arrow. Would that not take you to eventually? Uh, no, it'll just it'll just go around. It would cycle around the the, the menu that you're oh. actually in. So the left side menu, it would just basically move around from about- the apple to the help and back again. What about if you brought up the notifications? What's that, VO? I'm going to guess VON uh, to bring up the notifications sidebar and then mm-hmm. VO left arrow back. I'm just trying to hit that uh, yeah, system yeah. menu somehow. But I'm guessing if, if, if VOMM isn't working, basically it's just not available to voiceover for some but reason. But this is, a, this is a problem, actually. I've noticed this on some applications. So there's an app that I was playing with called Copy Clip, which sounded brilliant. Because what it would do is you could have favorited anything, any text really you wanted, you could have it favorited in a list. So it was just a very simple drop down list from the menu bar that would allow you to, uh, let's say, for example, you had a, a link, like we use CleanFeed, right? So there's a link we always use for CleanFeed. You yeah. could have that favorited in that list, and then you could always just go and access it whenever you wanted it. Oh, cool. And you could even assign a keyboard command to it if you wanted. So you could always access that particular piece of text. And anytime you copied anything to the clipboard, it would automatically store that. So you would have a history of what you had uh, copied to the clipboard. Really great. Same issue, though. You cannot get to that menu item with voiceover. It is. It will take you. You can go to the status menu. So that's okay. And in, in the Mac, when you're using it regularly, yeah, you can get to the menu, but you cannot get to that particular item. And it is there. Ira were looking at it and they're saying, yep, you're just going right past it every time. It's just as you're cycling around uh, through the various options, it is just going right mm. past it. So I don't know if there's something specific in the Mac that causes this or something that has to be enabled, but clearly that's something that, I mean, especially in this case, this is Apple specific, right? It's not, this isn't a third party app problem. This is a, a Mac issue. So definitely something to report back. I will have no doubt Michael will have got in touch with accessibility at apple.com and told shouted them about it. Yeah, yes. and, and well, yeah, hopefully not shouted. But yeah, certainly told well. them about it. That would be good uh, because this is an issue that clearly needs to be Could. resolved because it stops you functioning. Could. That's not good. Could. 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 Could you go to the system Should've preferences, go to networking and, and, and connect it through there? I don't think you have that option in recovery because that's the problem. You're inside the recovery mode uh, at this point, so there's no there's no other menu options or no other uh, applications it. available to you. I'm out. I'm stumped. I'm out of options. No idea. Thanks. Thanks for that. Okay, you let us know. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Thank you. Um, let's move on. And Michael, thank you for that. Um, hope you get an answer to that. And anyone else who's got any ideas, like you say, Sean, just, uh, just get in touch. Um, let's go to Tom in New Hampshire, who got in touch with us. Uh, a question about seeing AI. Hey guys, it's Tom from New Hampshire. Just call and say a really weird thing happened to me the other day. I was using my seeing AI app. Just look at a picture my wife sent me. And it said that my wife and I were in the picture, but it gave me the glasses instead of her. When I ran it through um, DMA AI this morning, it gave it the right way around. And it's a really funny thing. How could it be so wrong and get everything else right, except I have the glasses? I don't think so. I'm the blind one. I don't need glasses. <laughs> anyway, this might be a good idea sometimes to double check your picture descriptions with a different app sometimes. Make sure it's giving you a good description. These AIs out there, you never know what they're going to say anymore. All right. See you guys later. Hey, Siri, hang up. 
Thank you for that, Tom. Um, that's a really good point, actually, because you do get these hallucinations that happen with these images when they're recognized. So sometimes it will get it wrong. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know why seeing the eye would do that and be my eyes wouldn't. Clearly, be my eyes got it right, and seeing the eye got it wrong in this case. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why one would get that. Again, Unless it's maybe a lighting issue or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. But again, they're both getting the same image. So they mm. should give the same result. Same image, same service. The only difference is the prompting, which is something I don't really understand, but that's, that's the way you tune, the way you you set your AI personality almost. And it's it's it just shows how much work Be My Eyes and that long beta testing phase with all those feedback from uh, users what it went into um mm-hmm. there is a difference there i find be my eyes far more accurate when it comes to things like this and um yeah it's not quite as simple as just oh throw open ai at it and it'll be fine there is some tuning to be done well yeah and it's funny you mentioned that because yesterday we were talking about celeste glasses and them getting you know potentially at least but this is still a little bit up in the air but the rumor is going that you know open ai will open up to companies, their vision capabilities to products like, for example, the Celeste glasses. And, and Celeste are saying, if this is something that's available to us, we will build it into our app. Uh, Celeste glasses, of course, the company out of Canada that are developing the audio and video glasses. Um, but uh, I think you're right. I think that you know, as much as everyone says, and you see a lot of this now, oh, we've got the same capability now as Be My AI, they've got the same access to the same technology. But, you know, it would be like giving me, well, it's not the same, but, you know, it'd be like giving me <laughs> access to it, right? It'd be like, well, yeah, okay, I've got the access now, but but what can I do with it? And I think that be, what Be My AI has done, Be My Eyes have done, is they've taken a lot of time to develop not just the prompting, of course, that's very important in getting the image right and getting the detail right, but the experience of the app as well. You know, that's the big difference. Yeah. Um it's more, it's more than just a service, right? Because you're essentially getting access to the, what, what a service can offer you. But, you know, it's, it's like APIs. You know, APIs are great. You need to know what to do with them in your application. You know, what's your front end going to look like? You know, and that's the bit that could be a challenge. So, yeah, I, I, I'd urge caution a little bit. Now, seeing AI, I, you think there'd be a bit more um, or it would be a bit better at doing this because of the nature of what it is. But, you know, has, has seeing AI just plugged into the OpenAI world? Well, let's be fair. It's still in preview, as they call it. So this is still in beta phase mm. testing, right? So, again, they'll be tinkering away in the background as well. One good example that I heard from somewhere, I can't remember where now, but one example was, say you give it an image of, um, uh, uh, let's say, a door in, in, the, uh, in the distance, and if you asked, give me directions or you know, guide me towards the door, then there was one iteration where the AI would say, well, take my hand and I will walk you over to it. And the other one would say, okay, walk forward, you know, so many steps, whatever. And the only mm. difference there is the system prompt, the tuning that they did. Basically, you are not a human being. You are not physical, which seems yeah. strange, but it's that sort of level and that sort of thing that you can do with AI, which gives it a personality, which gives it different results. It's really interesting. Mm, very interesting indeed. Um, okay, well, look, thank you for that, Tom. Uh, just keep trying it. You know, I think that's the thing. This is all very early days, even though it feels like, you know, and I think this is what happens whenever some 
uh, organization or company or app like Be My Eyes, for example, and I did bring this up with Mike Buckley, you know, it, it, it has a massive reputational impact, the results of whatever goes in or comes out of this kind of technology, right? It has an impact on the company. So if, if, if Be My Eyes delivers the wrong result, you'll kind of blame Be My Eyes, but it's nothing to do with Be My Eyes. This is OpenAI that's behind it, right? Yes. Uh, if the app breaks or something, then that's different. That's Be My Eyes' issue. But it's not, you know, the point is that if you were uploading an image and getting weird results, that could be an OpenAI issue. In fact, it probably is. Uh, I know that a few people have had issues over the past couple of days with Be My Eyes. Um, I think someone actually got a message saying that they actually came up saying they haven't paid their bill, which I was like, that's the latest that one. Yes, you've reached yeah. your capacity or you yeah. haven't paid. <laughs> but again, this is all, you know, early days. And, you know, it's funny, right? I was, I was thinking about this because I was talking and I've been saying quite a bit on the show about how we as blind people sometimes are, are forced to beta test stuff way in advance of anyone else really using it. Like, I think sometimes that's why blind people are at the cutting edge of new technology without even realizing it sometimes. Yeah. I think we're all on the cutting edge because we're using stuff in ways that other people just aren't using it yet. And they will. They will come around to using it. And, you know, when when everyone starts using it the way we use it, then it's, it works out for us because then, you know, like, for example, image descriptions and all that, that's good for us because it makes the world more accessible. Um, but... I, I, I've been thinking about this whole debate around beta testing, and I think it's just maybe par for the course now. I think I may have softened a little bit on this. I think maybe it's par. I mean, I, I think it's different when you're paying money. Well, you're that's paying the money difference. for something. Yes, how you're much not are you for paying my for eyes, Obviously, yeah. But you know, I think sometimes you have to just take it. I, I think these days, especially. I mean, you could really you could extend that argument to anything. You could say that the iPhone is a beta test. Every time you buy a new iPhone, there's something not quite right with it that has to be, you know put into the hands of people to report back and then it's fixed, whatever the issue true, is. True, yeah. That, I you mean, could that, make that argument that, for Yeah, anything. you could. I mean, that would be pushing it. I, the thing is, if you're spending money, you expect a certain feature set to be there that has been promised. That's the yeah. whole reason you're paying the money. And if that isn't there, then, you know, you are beta testing and you've paid for the privilege. That doesn't seem quite fair to me. As soon as you've got in touch uh, by email, Laura reads our emails. Hey there, new listener here and I love the show. Thought I'd share a quick tip for listeners listening in countries where safety is an issue when travelling. The Lazarillo app works really well, keeping you informed of what's around you and what roads you are on when using a taxi, which is huge, especially when travelling alone and making sure that the taxi doesn't stray off route, putting you at risk. Secondly, Gaming hardware, especially peripherals, can be great for accessibility because in most cases they let you set up a bunch of customizations. For example, on Logitech G-Series keyboards, you get extra buttons to set up shortcuts and macros for whatever functions you use. This, alongside some accessibility software shortcuts, just gets very cool to use. For example, I have my Windows magnifier controls mapped to my extra mouse buttons, which makes zooming in and out feel great, especially when multitasking with other shortcuts. Once I become more competent with screen readers, I may map a few more of these to the other buttons. Anyway, keep up the awesome work. Sujay from Kenya. Thank you, Sujay. Good to hear from you and welcome to the show. Um, nice to have you along. And yeah, I, I think that there are so many benefits to so much technology. And what's cool is everything we're talking about is mainstream stuff, right? We're talking about mainstream tech. And how, you know, a keyboard with extra buttons, like I, as you guys know, I talk all about my Logitech MS keys and I'm minded of the shortcut demo that you did 
about it because I know when you got your MX keys when you were you were off for that time, remember? And you were, well, I can't forget it. I'm sure you can. <laughs> you decided to break yourself. Yes. Um, please never leave the house during winter. Um, but you uh, <laughs> get get a drone or something to take the dog for a walk or something. You know, just there's a story to that as well. Actually, um, no, mm. absolutely, you're absolutely right there about the the gaming. It's weird. I was thinking about this the other day. Things hardware get given this gaming prefix of uh, prefix, I should say. Mm. You know, it's a gaming keyboard. It's a gaming headset or whatever. What does that actually mean? You know, in the case of a keyboard, it's not just for gaming. There's nothing there. Anyone could use it for any purpose, but it just means that it's got extra either keys on it. In some cases, it could just mean it's got RGB lighting on it. But yeah, uh, yeah. It, those keys can be very useful. It all depends on if the software to customize those keys is accessible. In the case of Logitech, eh, kind of, kind of not, mostly not, but you can get around it. Um, but you're absolutely right. It can be incredibly useful to have something like that. And, you know, it's funny because we talk about it from the screen reader perspective a lot because that's our perspective, right? So we use screen readers and we will hit a lot more barriers uh, in this kind of software. Now, if you have got low vision, and I know there's lots of people out there who are low vision who are benefiting from all of this kind of tech and you're able to get in and use that software, for example, the stuff that we might have difficulty accessing, yeah. but you guys can access with your magnifier or Zoom or whatever, then that's great. And I think that, you know, we... we I think I'm guilty of kind of writing some of this stuff off too early because I forget that actually, yeah, there's a lot of people out there who are low vision who will benefit from this. That's true. Um, you know, or, or, you know, blind people who have got some, you know, usable vision left that are able to use it. Um, that could be, you know, that could be really worthwhile. And, you know, again, just like being able to add a shortcut to make Windows Magnified easier to use, that's cool. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, especially on those side buttons on the mouse. That could be, uh, I mean, just really intuitive i think that's a really cool use of it actually well done thank you and thank you for listening oh, when uh, mike yeah. sorry I'd, just going back to my leg my iphone woke me up well i woke up and looked at my iphone the other morning and it told me i'm at high risk of a fall in the next 12 months wow that's nice isn't it no but no is, is that because of is that that setting that kind of monitors your gate as you yeah, walk. Yeah, exactly right. It said my walk steadiness has declined or degraded significantly. Now, I am still hobbling about the place. Um, yeah, but that was really interesting. It said, you know, looking at your, um, uh, over a period of time, your, your walking gait has uh, degraded and you're at high risk of a fall. So that's put me at, um, uh, <laughs> I'm worried, put it that way. But I mean, just... is your birthday nearby? Because that allows just that just tacks on some extra joy, doesn't it? It just shows you, though, you know how how useful these sensors. How much work is going into these? How cool is that? You often think it's like the, the, even the double tap feature on the watch. You think how how does it work? <laughs> how is yeah, that actually able to to do it? And it's funny because when I was in trading in, so I went in the other day to the Apple Store and traded in. They must think I am I, must something wrong with me, probably. But I go in there and yes. just empty my bag of Apple toys on the desk. I want rid of all of this and give me something else. <laughs> and um, I managed to get everything done. And the only thing I didn't trade in, because I was tempted to upgrade to the Ultra Watch 2 because of this double tap feature, because it's not on the Ultra one. It's because of the se a, a new sensor that's inside the Ultra 2 yes. and also the Series 9. You don't get it on any other devices. Feels a little bit... Mm. Mm. Really, really. But I'm not okay. convinced, but okay. Seems if you bit, say so. I mean, 
Especially considering, I mean, a year in with the Ultra. I mean, the Ultra watch, it's an expensive piece of kit, right? It is absolutely not a cheap watch. And I just kind of think to myself, I don't, I wouldn't want to upgrade my watch that early. You know, and it's a good no, feature. The double tap feature is great. I, I don't, I mean, and, and the thing is, there's a lot of reasons why I'd like it. But I just, I just cannot justify that spend as much as I might want to. Not I just, just can't for justify that. It. No. And is there anything other than that you think is worthwhile? I can't off the top of my head. No, no. I think it, it, this is the, the Ultra Watch 2 is it's often like the, the leapfrog is from like two generations back or, you know, to, you know, if you had a Series 7 watch and you're yeah. then a Series 7's what we're on Series 9 on the watch at the minute. I mean, I was looking at the watches, right? And and I'm minded of the time I had the the previous general, which was the seven, Series 7 I had before I upgraded to the Ultra. And I never really liked the feel of it on my wrist because I never really liked the the wrist straps that they sold. Yeah. And um, then lovely Lena gets in touch when I got the Ultra because the, when I got the Ultra, it was the same problem. The wrist, the watch kept sliding down my wrist. And um, she came back with this wonderful suggestion from a friend of hers who, let's just say, had a similar, uh, had a friend, I should say, who had a similar sweaty wrist problem and had these particular <laughs> wrist straps for the watch, and they are they're elasticated. They are so good, and um, I just you know that just changed it for me. And so as much as I kind of because I, I know that way you, you feel you think to yourself, do I even need the ultra? I mean, I'm not going to sell it just for the sake of it. I'm not going to well, do other that. Other than battery life, or if you're a, a trepid explorer, I mean, yeah. you know, the battery life is amazing on it, but you are paying quite a lot more than. You know, your usual. I would say, you know, since- sound is the same. I mean, sound comparing the two as well with sound because I, I at first I thought the sound is going to be so much better because it's stereo output on it, and I don't think it's that much better. I mean, don't get me wrong, the audio is good from it. It is, but it is still a watch at the end of the day. I'm not the going to sit and listen good. to music or podcasts on it. The audio is good on the standard series anyway. I think. exactly, yeah. I think it's very. What about the SE watch? I mean, th- this is the one I go back to. The SE, it's got so many great features in there. And I think, you know, for most people, that's probably the blind watch. You say that about every SE range. Because it kind of is, though, isn't it? I mean, so it's like, right, okay, so look, I've been looking at the MacBooks, right? It's the most affordable way in. That's yeah, why well, I like yeah, it. Yeah, but, but, but it's not even so much. Well, it's the affordable way in, yeah, but it's the, you know, I think we're at a stage where with all of this technology, especially from Apple, we're at a stage where really the base level is more than enough for most people. You don't have to spend a fortune. You yes. don't have to. I mean, I'm really, I'm realizing this very much the hard way. Um, <laughs> by spending an absolute fortune on stuff over the years. I'm realizing, realizing I don't need it. this, but still yeah. ignoring that realization. I'm, yes, I'm, yes, I'm not going to. Well, but well, well, should I mention what I just ordered anyway? Um, uh, no, we'll save that. I, okay. I would say, look, anything. The series zero, one, two, and three, maybe that there were, you know, there were significant performance differences. But from the series four, I would say even, yeah, four, I would go far back as that. I think they're very, very similar. Four, five, six, seven. I'd say six. If I was putting it, I'd say six, and I'd say SE. But yeah. I think for most people, the SE is more than enough. The ultra, the one benefit that I think the the ultra gives you, or two benefits. One you've mentioned is the uh, battery life for sure. That is worth having. Um, if that was, I mean, that is the only kind of justification I would say for the the price, and also the action button gives you that ultra, yeah, th- that extra feature, you know, yeah. So that's the, those are the only two things I would say. 
are the kind of biggest features. Other than that, it's a really nice watch, but it's it's really built for people who are on the move, who are active, who are. And it's funny, right? Because I often think whenever I watch these videos, when they're you know they're they're doing the uh, events and they're showing you all these people who are running and climbing mountains, and mm. and I think to myself, who are these people? And then I think actually every time I go for a walk, there's about fifty people run past me all the time. Now there's either a lot of people racing to get somewhere very quickly. Or there's just a lot of runners out these days. I'm just forever hearing feet tap running alongside so, me, and I'm like, "What's going on?" That's, you're watching that the Flintstones. That's yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> well, <laughs> every time someone runs past me, I go, "I hate you." Oh, I, do you mi- I, I, I miss I, it running. It freaks me out sometimes <laughs> because you hear that you hear the feet running, especially if it just ca- happens really quickly. It really oh, freaks yeah, me out. <laughs> happened uh, happened the other day, right? I was I was going to the shop for something, and um, someone ran past me, and I didn't hear them coming. And the next minute they just said hello. And I honestly, I got the biggest fright and she stopped. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry to fright you. I said, I just, I wasn't expecting anybody to be there. It's like, and, it's like someone she, just coming straight up to your face. Hello. And, and do you know what she said? She said the most interesting thing. She said, it's so funny. She said that I, as a woman, I'm terrifying a man. That doesn't really happen in today's world. She said, it's the other way around, right? And I'm like... I suppose it is, yeah. I said, anyway, get away from me. And we all walked on. It was fine. But um, oh, no, just, just, just a weird thing. Anyway, look, stick around. We'll get more of your messages on next. It's Double Tap. Call the Double Tappers now. one 803 4567 Or email us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Today on the show, we're going through your emails and your voicemails. Just chilling out today. It's funny, it's, it's getting to that time of year. I don't know when you guys listen to the show, because of course we're on at various points on AMI Audio, and you could listen anytime on podcast. But uh, for me, it just feels like I perpetually live in the dark, because when I do the show, even even through winter, I have, and even through summer, I have the blinds closed. Uh, so I have the blinds completely closed. I have my little LED strip light behind the back of my desk on to give me a, an semblance of light, um, but not in my face. I don't want light in my face, Sean Priest. No, of course not. We don't want your face uh, lighted up either, Stephen no. Scott. So my you, pale, uh, pathetic, <laughs> craven <laughs> face. <laughs> my heart bleeds for you, Stephen Scott. I'm sat in a windowless garden shed. And yet, oh no, you've got the blind shut. It must be horrendous. I'm like a mushroom in here. It's terrible. <laughs> Why don't you put a window in there? Just hack out a hole in the side. It's all about the soundproofing, uh, which is non-existent, by the way, because the door I was going to say, yeah, so, so like I say, why don't you just hack a hole in the side <laughs> and I'm get not, a window in there? I don't do DIY. How do, actually, that's probably why I'm still clinging on to my monitor, because it's the only way it I know. It gives you light. It's the only way to, I know to look in the right direction. I just head towards the light like a moth. I don't know about you. I, I do like to have a bit of light in the room, but again, not a lot. And I, I did find, I bought one of the strip lights. It wasn't, I think it was, um, I don't remember the name of the company. Oh, it's gone. It wasn't Ugreen. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. I can't remember. Uh, it's gone. It's one of those ones. One of those brands you get on Amazon, and it's not the Govi. That was it. Govi. G O V E E. Yes. And um, they're quite cheap. And what you can do is you can uh, basically attach, as I've done, I attach the strip light around the back of my desk, and so it, it goes around the side, so like a U shape almost from one side of the desk to the other, all the way around. And it just sticks because it's just sticky back. So you just peel it away. You just attach it around and then you can hook it up 
there's an app which is uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but once you've once you've hooked, you you don't really need to worry about the app too much because if you can connect the Amazon skill for the Govi light to the the light itself, once it's once it's actually set up, um, it'll automatically show up in Lady A. I've noticed this actually. It'll just now say found this, and um, that was it. I was able to hook up and I can just talk to the light. I can say you know dim or whatever change the colour, do whatever I want, you know, and it's so, so nice. And it means I'm not having loads and loads of light irritating me. I do think they're really nice, those LED strips. And as you said, they're not that expensive. And just for a bit of, just for a bit of highlighting, a bit of colour, or just to have something you can lock into if you've got light perception, they are, they are easy to do. And like you said, once they are set up, it doesn't even matter if the app is accessible. Once you set it up, you know, if you need sighted assistance or not, you can just use it through your smart speaker and it works really well. On that, actually, let me just say I noticed, and this could be old news, but I've just noticed on the Lady A app, at least on iOS, they have updated it and you can now delete actions again in the routines section. So a long mm. time ago, I was trying to set it up and I had a long message when a routine was run and I could not delete it. Well, now it is accessible. There you go. Just a little bit of uh, a little tidbit for you there. No, that's good to know. Um, yeah, I must admit, I, I find with me anyway, with the level of vision I have, light is irritating. But you don't always want to live in the dark either. It's that balance. And I find that through the day it changes. So my light is on and off like 15 times a day because some sometimes it's like, oh, that's too much. Then other times it's like, no, I want something. And it's trying to find that balance. And it was interesting because the same with sunglasses, as much as I love wearing them, sometimes I feel, I wish I could just adjust the tint just a little bit. I could just get a bit more control because mm -hmm. the light changes through the day and, you know, it, at night especially, sometimes you don't want to be completely blacking out everything, you know. So I saw a product called, uh, a, basically it's a product called Ampere, A-M-P-E-R-E. -E. And it's a pair of sunglasses which has got, I think they've got audio in them as well. And they've got the microphone. You know, it's very kind of Bose uh, equivalent, I suppose, yes. or meta equivalent. But the difference is that with the app, and I have no idea how accessible this will be, but with the app, you can adjust the tint of the glasses so you can go from clear to full blackout sunglasses. No way. You can actually adjust the tint. Yeah. They must be some sort of LCD screens to do that. That is cool. I, I don't know how it works. Are they a tenner or are they more than that? Um, so in pounds, they're 300. So it's that uh, $350, $400. Yeah, Canadian, that's going to be a few quid. It's a lot of money. And, you know, clearly there's a lot of work going into this. Again, you know, the accessibility of the app is always going to be in question. Um, but I do like the idea. I like the idea of, you know, being able to adjust the tint. I've never seen that before. Yeah, but if your battery ran out, would they go totally clear? Well, that's a good question, and and I saw in the, I saw some of the reviews saying, "Oh, mine stopped working, and my left eye, you know, went clear, and my right eye was sunglassed." And I thought, "Oh, okay." Um, so I don't know. It's one of those. Maybe it's again, it's the back to the beta question, right? Back that's to the for, beta. Wouldn't that be cool in your windows though? Being able to push a button or tell your smart speaker to black out the windows, rather oh, than have curtains or blinds. I think that I think eventually that is what will happen in homes once they've figured this technology out, um, and I think it's all there. I think it's just very costly at the minute. But that there's probably there's, so, yeah. I'm I'm sure I've seen this available from some window company before in an ad or something where you, that's exactly it. You can adjust the window. 
Yeah, tint. your opacity. Don't offices have that? Is that not a thing in offices? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, that it's would the be future. That would be cool. Yeah, that'd be, that would be so cool, right? Don't need blinds anymore. That's it. They'll come after... Automation's coming after your blinds. <laughs> you could have little animations, like, so it looks like curtains as they open. A bit like when you turn a page on a Kindle app or something. <laughs> very you could cool. have it light itself up for Christmas and for Halloween. Oh, and for, oh, it's all so amazing. Cool. Uh, right, let's talk about something totally different from Sophie, this email. Laura reads our emails. Hi there. I've just found your podcast and I'm really enjoying it. Thank you so much. I also heard on some recent episodes about some of your listeners and also Sean's partner, Sarah, being able to use accessible knitting patterns. I've just started knitting and would love access to these patterns if possible. Would you mind sending the information? Thanks again, Sophie. No. Sean? (laughs) No. Let me say, just this morning, I have on my desktop a notepad with, um, uh, oh, I've forgotten the name. Is it Granier? Your email. Gronya, thank you. Your email on there and this one as well from Sophie. I've got both your emails. I'm just desperately searching for the um, the links that Lena and Mary sent me. I do have them and I will email you both with those links. So, uh, yes, I am on it. Just incredibly slow. Thank you. Double tap, stitch, double stitch. Double, yes. We, double, uh, yeah, we'll work on know. that. I, double I'm, knot. Yes. Thank you. I think Sheep and Stitches is the YouTube channel that Sarah likes. I better be careful because I'm not entirely sure that's what it's called, but that's what's in my head. Um, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't it be a great podcast if you had just a bunch of people who, who are knitting and you just called it in stitches? Oh, that probably happens. Someone, someone searched a someone podcast Someone must app. be doing that. Someone <laughs> must be doing that podcast. That's got to be the title for a knitting podcast, isn't it? And, and welcome to the show, Sophie, as well. Thank you for yeah. listening. And yes, I will email you back. We should do a sideshow of just talking about knitting. Or we should knit while we do it. We should learn to knit. <gasps> oh, that reminds me. I've got a... I've got a oh, 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 oh. Hang on. Oh, oh well. I thought... Now, hang on. Just to just be clear. That wasn't a I can. Remember, I was going to say, I remember you telling me you didn't bring uh, drinks into the shed, Sean Priest. That was the double tap water bottle. Oh, Link. I see. On brand. Very I've good. I've got here a bobble hat. Hope you're listening. Mr. A bubble hat made by Sarah, and uh, uh, she's made me wear it, even though I don't want to. But it's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Your your lovely partner has made this for you, and you're not wearing it. That is shocking. No, no, no. no, I I was wearing it. No, I can't. I've got my headphones on, sadly. Otherwise, I absolutely Uh, definitely would. She's put the bubble in the wrong place. It's in the middle of my forehead. I look like a Dalek. But, um, yeah. Anyway, a picture has to be taken for social media for this. That's got to go up on our social media. Because what I want is I want Be My AI to uh, go over that and explain that to me. I want that. Um, let's go to an email from Dean who got in touch. Hi, Stephen, Laura and Long Nose Jim. First of all, I would like to share my experiences using Be My AI, which arrived on my phone on October the 9th after setting up the app. I was terribly excited over this. I had heard a lot of demos while the experts were on the beta. I don't do any betas of any kind. I leave it to the experts. The demos were pretty impressive in many situations, so obviously I couldn't wait to do many things with Be My AI. I first took a photo of my living area, describing the photo perfectly as to what was in the room. TV, laptop on the desk with speakers, and picking up the photo to the side of my late parents on the desk, plus what the wall behind the laptop screen was made out of. Bricks. Oh, it even recognised my exercycle and called it that. Be My AI is very good with colours. 
such as I have many rugby jerseys, one of which has three colours. It said all three colours, being red, yellow and black. When I took a photo in my regular cafe, Be My AI picked up all the black tables and chairs and even detected the salt and pepper container being a silver colour, with the salt and pepper in it. There was also a woman smiling at another table, but not at me. You know what they say, you can sleep off drunk, but not ugly. <laughs> Lastly, another time when I went to another eating establishment that I hadn't been to in quite some time. It turned out to be over the road from where the address was for their location. When I pointed the phone over the road, just hoping for the best, Be My AI picked up the place I was after in the first photo. Holy smoke, how good is that? To me, this is like having your very own bionic eye. Just before I go this time, people don't hear too good, do they? Someone sent a 30-second demo of their screen reader talking flat stick, talking gibberish. I was all set up to skip ahead, but the garble was over in at least 30 seconds. Another lady claims hearing impaired people like to have their screen reader going flat stick, or something to that effect, I think. Thankfully, I don't have a hearing problem, but it seems to me there is absolutely and unequivocally no way that argument has any merit. I would think most people with hearing impairments who don't have hearing aids, most sounds would be incredibly muffled. Therefore, there's no absolute way they're going to ever hear their screen readers going flat stick. Until next time, cheerio for now. Dean in New Zealand. Okay, Dean. Well, you know, I, I think what I'll say to that is uh, we don't have the experience, so we're maybe not the best people to judge, would be my take on that. Isn't that the very thing that we rail against sighted people for doing, assuming about our conditions, and we don't know anything about them? Because I don't know anything about being deaf. I don't know anything about having partial hearing, so I can't speak to that. So I don't think we should judge it, to be perfectly honest. I think individuals will tell us. And in fairness, Dean, I'd probably rather listen to someone who was, you know, hard of hearing, telling me about their experience. That's just me. I have no idea. Yeah, like you, I've got no experience of it. So uh, honestly, I don't know. I can't really comment on that. And we were talking about Lena here, right? So Lena got in touch and said that she wasn't going to... Uh, slow down her speech because for her it was it was actually easier so you know that's a personal choice and i think we have to respect that and again this is very much her experience um so yeah uh, yeah i just i i think the kind of I th- i've been a little bit irritated this week by various have things you? yes i have <laughs> i haven't noticed i'm going to talk about it tomorrow fully but um oh because well yeah I, I, we don't have a lot of time and I want I really want to focus on on the listener emails because they're far more interesting than my problems, but I um but I have been irritated this week by assumptions and assertions and I think that this is something as a community we're quite bad at internally uh, and it's something that the irony about it is is that we rail against other people for doing the same thing we talk a lot about how misconceptions and problems, you know, other people's attitudes towards us as disabled people are the problem. But then we get an example like this from Dean, where you say, well, you know, how can a deaf person have this experience? It doesn't make sense and there's no evidence to stand by it and I don't believe it, when you don't have the experience to to back that up. It's a human trait, though. We're all we're all guilty of it. I, I would tend to say, I, I, why would that be the case? You know, if it's faster, then surely that's well, more listen, difficult. It's, it's absolutely if, fine to question it, but I think what yes, I think, but what I would say is that the absolute and unequivocal part, I'm not so keen on, right? Because that's like, well, true. We if don't someone's know. telling you it actually yes. it is easier for me. Then you got to say, okay, then it is. It can't <laughs> be. Uh, it can't be absolute, and it can't be unequivocal, right? Yeah. It's, it has to be the opposite of those things. It has to be a question and very much an individual thing. And equally, 
someone else with uh, partial hearing or, or low or, or uh, I don't know what the right term yes, is these days because everyone trips over what terms to use. But say hard of hearing, I think, is the official term people like. Although, please do tell me otherwise. Um, but you know, I, I think if you are hard of hearing, if you're someone who's deaf, you will maybe disagree with Lena as well. You might say, "Well, actually, my experience is different because it's like vision, right? It's we all have very different experiences of it." Yeah. And again, I just think absolutes are just are not good. They're not good. Assumptions are worse, and assertions. And I'm not talking about you, Dean. I'm talking about my experience this week because um, I've been. Let's just say it's been an interesting week on social media. Um, <laughs> social media there was your mistake Stephen Scott when it comes down yeah. to be my AI um, yeah, yeah let's get back let's get back, let's, to let's get back on to that I, I totally agree with you there Dean I, I think it's just so impressive I was kind of expecting you to say it was an absolute disaster the way you set it up there <laughs> but um, yeah it's just it never fails to, uh, to hang on never ceases to impress me and the failure rate on it just seems so small, going back to the earlier email there about hallucinations. You have got to be careful, though, because the trouble is, it is so impressive that you just say, that's right. And sometimes it can be incorrect. But um, mm. I've had exactly the same experience. And it's interesting. The first time we talked about this, I think it was with Mike um, from Be My Eyes. And he said about taking picture and the amount of detail that it captures that you don't even think about. And that's what I find as well. You take a picture of something specifically and it's the other things in the background or just to the side in the peripheral that it picks up and you think wow the amount of detail it gets is incredible so yeah i totally agree i do think that we do pick up on these things much more like i was saying earlier i think we're the cutting edge of all of this stuff and you know we we very quickly move on because even though a lot of people out there might not consider themselves to be particularly techy it's not really about that anymore because what we're getting are these results. And, you know, if you get if you upload an image and you get the result, you know, there'll be that initial, wow, look at all that information. And then there'll be a point where you'll say, hang on, did I wear a yellow top in that, that oh, particular yeah. image? I thought it was blue. Right, let me just check this again. You know, and it's like you start <laughs> to dig into it a bit more. It's like, why did I get it wrong? And, you know, we start to question and that's good. I think questioning is good. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Thank you, Dean. Always good to hear from you. Um, and Long Nose Jim to you as well. I don't know why. Why, why are you called Long Nose Jim? I still don't get it. I still don't know. Is that I'm, an offensive thing? I, I honestly have no idea. Yeah, we should really look that up. I have no idea. But I'm terrified to Google it because I don't know what is going to no, come up. No, let's leave it. Let's just ignore yeah, just it. Let, let it let's carry just, on. Let's just go with it. It's a, it's okay. a pet name yes. Dean has for you. Let's yes. just go with I it. I have got a big nose, so that's that's fine. Uh, Kay got in touch regarding our conversation on the treadmill. I wasn't hearing you because I had the screen reader talking all over me. Uh, Kay got in touch with us regarding the conversation I had uh, at CES about the treadmill. Remember that treadmill, the VR-based oh, treadmill? yes. Mm. Hey, guys, maybe I missed it, but you didn't even address the major thing, which was that blind people can't use this treadmill because it is controlled by vision. However, I decided I'm going to buy one of them, and when I want to go on it, I'll just contact Ira. I don't know if I'll have to buy a treadmill for my Ira consultant, but Ira could tell me when to turn and what to do. It would make online dating really great. I mean, you meet someone and you both get on your treadmills and no danger and no bad breath. Maybe you could put a guide dog on the treadmill and use its eyes. It would see when to turn left or right. I wonder when the Sunu company actually stops selling their product. If I'd purchased one, I wouldn't be very happy and I wouldn't be pleased to receive a pair of aftershocks for their little apology gift. Kay. 
Well, Kay, I sense a little bit of sarcasm in there. Um, and rightly no. so. Yeah. I, I th- well, do you know what? I have to say, even when I was, I mean, look, just to be very clear, the reason that I had that conversation with that company in particular, and even though it was a product clearly requiring vision, um, it's because we do a show on AMI-TV called Access Tech Live, right? And it's all about disability on a wider scale. So here on Double Tap, we're all about the blind, right? But I, I still like to share these stories because I think they're important to know about. And it's good for us to to look outside of our own community because this is the kind of thing which might eventually, in some form or other, form part of a piece of tech that is more acceptable to us, is more usable by us. I mean, I could really imagine, I mean, it wouldn't be that difficult to turn this into an audio solution. In fact, arguably, it'd be even easier for companies to develop an audio solution like this using some kind of, I mean, in their case, it was a handle. So it wasn't an actual, I don't think, I didn't understand this. It wasn't like a treadmill of, of traditional, I don't think. It, I mean, it is a treadmill, but the turning part wasn't you physically turning. It was that you turned a handle and it kind of gave you the sense of turning, but you could easily recreate that in audio. Yeah, you could. And I don't know, I think the main thing of it was there was a monitor there with like a a video of a walk or whatever it may be. But it was VR. It was VR. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You're wearing a headset while you're walking. It's, it's, well, yeah, so it's, it's, it is very visual. But the yeah. the point that we made at the time was about the, the social aspect of it, like the Peloton um well they got a treadmill and and the bike as well that mm-hmm. social aspect of fitness is really cool uh, but again look well, as soon as the price was mentioned it was obvious this was and as to be fair as the guy said as well this oh, is for not, yeah, rehabilitation this is needs and things like that as well but yeah no, but i'm with you on this key I, I but they're also key i do think you're you, you pick up on something though about the whole social aspect of this because you know, for those of us who don't get out very often who want to socialize you mean like a, a clubhouse on a treadmill you know I'm not saying that's the solution, but you know that kind of idea. Kind of be- is though. I, I, I look. I, sorry, I'm butting in. Sorry, but the, that's what I'm the, used the, to. Yeah, I'm well done. The point is, you know what? <laughs> After that alert on my phone, I really do want. I'm seriously thinking about going to the gym. Right, I haven't been for about ten, twelve years. I used to go all the time, but since I've got really no vision, I'm slightly wary about doing it. Now, mm. if there was a way to do that, sort of linked up, I'm serious. Me and you, Stephen, walking together in the morning. I think I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking exactly the same thing. You know how cool would that be? That would just be to, so nice. We'd we'd have to wait four weeks though. We'd have you know from starting that because we'd have oh, to yeah. get four weeks in so that we could at least hold a conversation whilst yes. walking at the same time. <laughs> yes, that's right. Whilst that's the challenge, whilst eating a bacon sandwich. <laughs> yes, but um, no, that, that social aspect for me is really important because I find. Uh, you know, working out exercise is just incredibly dull. And yes, you yeah. know, you're listening to your music, whatever, to spur you on. But also, I, I think the social aspect is is just something I'd really like to to look into. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could if you can get on a treadmill and you've got one at home. Um, you could, in theory. I mean, <laughs> I saw. I don't know if you've seen, seen on Teams. They now have the spatial audio feature. Which is a bit like what they had in Clubhouse, I think, where people which could speak from left really and right. Well, yeah, it just separates the voices out a little bit. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it visually does anything, or it just as an audio thing. I don't know how it works. Actually, um, I take it all back. It's not just the social aspect; it's also the competition. I remember when mm. me and Sarah used to. She used to run on a treadmill at home, and uh, we used to monitor the distance on our iPhones, and then we'd always try and do it like an extra half a mile or a mile more than each other. And it's that competition that really drives. I did 12 miles one day. I nearly 
died. But you know what? <laughs> it was worth it because I won. <laughs> uh, I, I once I used to I don't get them anymore but I used to get notifications I don't wear the watch in the morning that's the problem but I used to get notifications from you um, on Apple that's Fitness true. or whatever activity and it would <laughs> yes. say Sean has completed a workout now I am not a competitive person not really so I'd get that message and I would just turn over and go good for him and go back to sleep <laughs> for another hour yeah, I was okay with it. I, I didn't care I'm not competitive but I get it if you're that kind of mindset then yeah, you could really benefit from that. I want to get another message in. This is from Desi B, who got in touch with us, and he sent us this voice message. Hi, Stephen and Sean. This is Desi B from the UK. I just want to pass a comment about your Friday the 27th episode in which you talked about Braille displays and the US's experience about lending them out to blind people. Now, I didn't hear you mention that the RNIB did have a system where they sent all their Braille library users an Orbit reader. They did send one out with a card of about 500 books on the card so that you could read their library books out in Braille. I certainly received one, free of cost, so the RNIB did get involved with sharing the experience of display units to people who could not afford them. Just thought I'd make that point. And I also want to say that the Orbit Reader is a good piece of kit. Very useful piece of kit. I use it regularly every day for taking notes and reading books. And I don't even mind the noise. I've been using Braille displays for years, you know, the more expensive ones during my time of working. But um, the Orbit Reader is a nice little piece of equipment. It's a pity it didn't come in a case where you could uh, hang it over your shoulders like I used to do with others. Love the show, Steve. I've been listening ever since it started and your previous shows before that. You're doing some good work. Thank you very much for taking my call. Ah, thank you, Desi. Really appreciate the message. Thank you for that. That means a lot. And uh, I didn't mention the RNIB thing, no, because I, I think they've stopped doing that. Um, I, I have actually reached out to RNIB to see if this is still a thing. But I think that was just a, a, a... From memory, this was something they were doing while they had stock. And then there was like so many to give away, and then that was it. They kind of stopped at that point. But it was a great deal, actually, because... It was amazing. It, you, well, you, he just reminds me there, of course, of the fact that you know, the, the RNIB did this, which was very similar to what the NLS scheme in the States is doing that we were talking about. So um, it'd be great if we could get more of that, but it, it shouldn't be up to a charity, I don't think, to, to come up with the solution to this. This really should come from government, I think. But um, I agree. Yeah, I do know, agree. It, it, it seems a bit ridiculous that we have to rely on a charity to do this in 2023. You know, essentially what we're saying is it's a, 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 making a charity put its money into helping blind people read. I mean, come on. Really, in this stage, we should be better than that. So not great. But um, you know, I must admit, I was very grateful of RNIB doing that. I think at the time, there was a reason why I hadn't signed up, because I wasn't really reading Braille at that point. So I hadn't signed up to the library. Um, I also think there may have been some restrictions on it. I could be wrong, but I think there might be some restrictions on it. If you, for example, were employment or whatever, you might not be able to get it. Well, rightfully so, though, wouldn't yeah, you say? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. I don't, I, you know, if, if I'm in a position where I can afford to buy one, 
then. And I actually prefer that sometimes because I think then it gets the, the, the equipment in the right place rather than just a scatter approach of everyone gets it and you may not be able to, um, you may not need it or, or, or you could afford it yourself is what I mean. Well, and plus, you know, someone who really lives and breathes Braille and has been getting Braille books for the longest time, hmm. arguably over someone like me who's, oh, yeah, I'd like to have a, a play with one. Yeah. There's, there's a difference there. So, yeah. Thank you, Desi. Uh, listen, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to you all for your wonderful feedback, as always. You guys, you come up with the best feedback. Do you know there's not a single email I turn away? You know that? I can't. I never, ever put an email away. You guys, every single one is a gem, and it means a lot. And voicemails, too. Thank Absolutely. you so much for getting in touch. Keep them coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Tomorrow, uh, I'll be talking about uh, my social media joy this week. Oh. I want to get into it, not, not specifically on the social media point, but on a wider topic of blindness and our relationship with other blind people. I want to get into a little bit of that tomorrow. So unashamedly non-tech to some degree tomorrow on the show. But anyway, we'll get into that. (laughs) And uh, lots more besides. Get in touch. Share your views. Thank you, Sean. We'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.